For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to a special edition of the Kingdom of Pod. Jeff Caves here in Flower Mound, Texas. If you've been uh, joining me, uh, regularly here on the Kingdom of Pod, you know that's where I have moved to. If you're just tuning in to get the latest on the Boise State Athletic Director search, uh, perhaps you don't know that. Uh, but I am living in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in Flower Mound, about 20 minutes away from the Dallas-Fort Worth uh, airport, and um, hoping to get more further involved in working in college athletics, football, uh, advertising, marketing, uh, pretty much in that order, and. And, of course, the Sooner fans uh, become engaged in getting back into games and a lot of things can return closer to normal than I hope to uh, be pushing along further into that. But in the meantime, I have enjoyed keeping up with the latest on Boise State news, uh, not only in the football program but in the athletic department in general, and that's what this is all about today. I'll give you the details also on Brad LaRondo as I know them, as I understand where his situation is at with the Boise State Athletic Department, the latest on the head coaching search as well, some timelines, and we'll take a look at uh, some of the candidates. Uh, By the way, I do appreciate any rating, reviewing, uh, subscribing to the Kingdom of Pod, Boise State Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network uh, you can check it all out at kingdomofpod.mailchimpsites.com and you can see how you can sign up there to have this podcast delivered to you on a weekly basis right through your email if that is more convenient uh, for you to do. All right, let me get on to uh, I think what a lot of you are probably here for today. And let's just say that I do believe that the news and information we've all seen about the order of things at Boise State is accurate. I think that the president, Mike Alden, her consultant, and uh, Turner, who's leading the uh, search for the athletic director, and now the coach have all gotten together, convened, and agreed that if they can expedite the athletic director hiring, uh, given the news of Brian Harson leaving to Auburn, uh, that would be in the best interest of Boise State because it, the appearances are better. Uh, there's a clear sort of line of command that, hey, you know, you, Mr. or Mrs. Athletic Director, you signed off on Kellen Moore, Andy Avalos, uh, Jeff Choate, uh, anybody for that matter. So, you know, you're responsible for where this this program is going. If it doesn't happen like that and it doesn't go well, the athletic director didn't hire that person and there's a little complication as to responsibility. So I think that that is more the style of, of most administrators, and I don't think Dr. Trump is any different in this particular situation, <clears throat> and I'm sure most of the council has agreed. I've even uh, had word through one of the candidates who I'll mention for this job uh, that understands 
that's the condition as well. So I do think it's athletic director first. I do believe that the original time frame of March 1st has been pushed up uh, as soon as possible. And, you know, some estimates uh, that I uh, heard were a week and uh, others were as fast as possible. So whatever that is, uh, let's not get hung up in that. But I would be monitoring information if you're that anxious to see who's going to be the head football coach or athletic director, then you're going to get that news and name. Uh, but I also believe after that, very soon after that, uh, you'll have an opportunity to see who the next head football coach at Boise State will be. And so I do anticipate that since we're in a dead period right now for college football recruiting uh, until later in January, that there, there, there is and isn't a sense of urgency. Uh, those closest to the program know that you have recruits now decommitting, you have coaches who don't know where they're going to be, and, and boosters and decisions, and so it's, it's messy that way. But uh, that's why they're addressing the athletic director's situation and then the coach. But I don't think it's um, that far of a stretch to say that the coach will probably be working at the athletic department before the athletic director because they'll probably have to tie things up at whatever school they're at currently, but then they'll start consulting via phone and text and email with their coach, and they'll be on the same page. But if it's Kellen Moore or Andy Avalos, they'll go to work immediately on the phones, uh, getting their staff together, and also talking to players, uh, keeping them into the uh, fold, not wanting to see them go into the transfer portal, and then they'll start talking to recruits. So it, it you could imagine the the amount of urgency that will be in a coach or an athletic director's mind once all of this uh, gets settled. But a lot to say about this this search, this process, and I think there's really a lot of anxiety about it as well. The Kingdom of Pod on the Believe Podcast Network is uh, brought to you by betonline.ag. If you want to bet on NBA and college basketball, that's back, of course. The NFL and college football playoffs are up. You can go look at the odds there. You can bet on whether the Lakers will repeat. Uh, all there at betonline.ag. Take advantage of their great sign-up bonuses. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Betonline.ag, sign up today. Uh, another thing I think to add on this search process is um, – Anybody like me or anybody else that's out predicting when something's going to happen or who's a candidate or not, which I'm going to get into here in a minute and also talk about Brad LaRondo's situation after that, we're doing the best we can with the information we have the day and the moment that that information comes into our possession because then things change. Uh, people get calls. People change their mind. Uh, somebody gets back to them, the terms of the contract aren't what they like and they want it redone, and that's normal. And and so timing changes. But sometimes in a rush to get information to uh, all of us who are anxious to get it, uh, we put out what we know at the moment and reserve the right to change. To me, it's similar to holding the people who are trying to figure out uh, COVID-19 accountable for what they said nine months ago, nine minutes ago, uh, you do the best you can with the information you have at the moment that you have it. And that's it. That's the end of it. And if you are reading into it further than that for COVID or uh, for uh, this particular hire for the athletic director and or the coach, um, you know, enter at your own caution. 
It, it, it's what the best information from the people that we've spoken to have right now. Uh, I can tell you that the information I have about these potential athletic director candidates didn't come from Marlene Trump's mouth, didn't come from uh, many or any or all of the people on the search committee or the search people themselves. I mean, they're buttoned up. Uh, that's not their uh, mission in life uh, to talk. And I do think that sometimes... It's that right there that drives uh, us sometimes to want people that we're familiar with to get positions of power so that it gives us more power and the information of power and our relationship information power. Getting to know a new person for uh, people in the media, for boosters, for fans, uh, for assistant coaches. Uh, for people who work in and around them or for them or trade on the information they can get about them or, or from them, it's it's all gone. It's a clean slate. And I do believe that you're going to get an athletic director hire that's going to come from left field. It's, it's going to come from somewhere other than the Bronco family, from what I can tell at this particular moment. Um, so don't be, I guess, surprised about uh, that. that. That's part of this process as well. I think Dr. Trump has looked at the playing field and decided that uh, she would like to impact a cultural shift in the university, not in just athletics, in every way. And that's part of uh, her strengths, And I think, as she looks at what she offers Boise State University. So she's going to proceed along those lines uh, where it's appropriate and it fits the needs of the uh, situation that she's involved in. So I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with her choices. I'm trying to describe where somebody's coming from because we're spending a lot of time trying to guess really uh, what she's thinking and doing because she's running this process. That is the person in charge. Let's get on though. And and these athletic director uh, candidates, uh, I want to mention that um, it's not that they have formally interviewed in front of the athletic director's search committee because I think we're all conditioned to thinking that these names uh, are going to come out into some release. There are going to be five of them on there, and these are the five finalists for the job. We've seen that before with presidential hires. Some of these may be sitting athletic directors, or at least I know one of these names is, and that may not be how it needs to go. They may need to go back to talk to their particular bosses. Um, but the, these, the, the first name I want to get into was an interesting one when I first came across it because it, it really came through sources uh, that were familiar with sort of the buzz and, and the name that had been circulating. And it made some sense when I heard Dr. Renee Baumgartner from Santa Clara University in Northern California. And so you first strike, okay, uh, Dr. Renee Baumgartner uh, is a female athletic director at Santa Clara University. Um, how does that fit the profile of what Dr. Trump's vision for Boise State Athletics is? or How does it fit the profile with um, everybody that's concerned about football's role in all of this? And, and I want to add one thing about football's role in, in the athletic director's hiring. Um, <laughs> if you look at that search committee, I was a little surprised, as others were, that there's not a former football player or a current football player or a former coach or really somebody that closely linked to the immediate past of Boise State football success anywhere near that football, or excuse me, that athletic director search committee. Mistake or not, purposeful or not, considered or not, 
That's up for them to describe. And uh, that is a concern to me. I think that the, it should have had a disproportionate amount of membership on the search committee for the athletic director. We all know how important it is. So we can mention, I guess, right there, right here and now, I do think that is an issue for the athletic director search committee, and that is one that's not going to be resolved. And we'll just have to trust the process that the people on that committee are going to be uh, mindful, knowledgeable, have the experience and understand what's in the best interest of the athletic department as it relates to an athletic director and how they treat the, the cash cow for the entire department, uh, the football program. So, but let me, let me get back to uh, Dr. Gart, uh, Baumgartner. And so when I first looked into uh, Dr. Baumgartner, I, I, I really, that struck me immediately that she's got her PhD. Uh, some would link that closely to Dr. Trump suggesting that uh, somebody who's pursued that kind of a uh, academic um, a vision for themselves is somebody aligning with her uh, ideals of what it means to be in administration under her, perhaps. Uh, it's not easy to go ahead and get your doctorate. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about her. And, and all I'm going to say is I don't know that she's formally interviewed. I will suggest her name has come up from not only people that are close to the search, but people who have been contacted about the job have heard her name come up. And I have spoke to or been very close to some people who have been in pursuit of the athletic director's job or uh, the search committee, Turner, and the College Sports Associates people have reached out to them. And the initial method of that is basically to just see, are you interested? And then if they get the initial reaction that it's yes, then they'll take that back into consideration and then they'll say, okay, this person's interested, here's their timing, and here's what this person said, and then they put their priority list together on who they'd like to interview uh, further. And so I think that's where some of the contacts that I've been able to make have been. Uh, so Dr. Baumgartner has uh, been at Santa Clara now going into, I think, her sixth uh, athletic season. She's originally from Portland. She got a scholarship to go to USC and play golf. She's been in athletics for 30 years. You can check out her bio yourself at the Santa Clara uh, Athletic Department website. But just some of the highlights to me that, that stand out is I like to know what they've done. And that's just an indication of what they may have experience in doing well or not doing well, seeing uh, weaknesses and strengths and the things that they were overseeing but it's not an indication of what their future potential is so I, I don't want to discount that because <laughs> on a personal level I can tell you that when you go out in the job market right now and I've done that you put out a resume and in that resume it's what you've done and so immediately most people that you interview with are like well that's your experience. That's what you should be doing more of. So, you know, that's what I would want to hire you for because it seems like that's all you know. And we all know of many cases of people who take their skill set and transfer it to a different industry or responsibility or job for themselves, and they go with it. So in Dr. Baumgartner's case, I can find, for example, no situation where she was directly responsible for a football program. Santa Clara doesn't have one, okay? They eliminated that. In fact, when she was hired, um, it is a parochial school, as we know in the West Coast Conference, and the 
uh, president, who was a priest, uh, said the first thing that he said was, we're going to up the budget for the athletic department because we've had a committee that came together and said we needed more money put into the athletic department if we wanted better results. So not only am I introducing Dr. Bob Gardner as our new athletic director, we're pumping in some money to the athletic department on top of that. So that's kind of a little of the background of, to me, where Santa Clara is at. And in terms of Baumgartner's past, a tremendous golf coach, a great career that uh, took her to Oregon as the golf coach in her first gig in 87. Then she went to USC and had great success as the golf coach for a couple of years. She comes back to Oregon. Um, she coaches golf and then takes on what they like to call the senior women's administrative role. And so anything that has to do with not only women's sports, but some of the men's or Olympic sports, they become increasingly more responsible for. I'll just add this about her golf career and her golf coaching. Uh, she's in the National Golf Coaches Association Hall of Fame. She's done extremely well at directing uh, golf programs at minimum. So in in uh, 99 in Oregon, uh, she has, you know, uh, been the golf coach. She's promoted to the associate athletics director and senior women's administrator. She gets that job, and then she ultimately retires as the Oregon golf coach 20 years ago. And there was some interim senior uh, position that she takes over on the athletic department side. And then in 2002, she gets the senior associate athletics director title, which is a promotion from associate. And she is the senior women's administrator. And she is the oversight person for the entire athletic department for maintenance, facilities, events, human resource issues, which is big, weight room, equipment room. And she's there for 17 years in total. Um, and 2009, she's executive senior associate AD. And, you know, she then ups to operations and management for 19 sports in the department and she gets in on the budgets and the strategic planning and she's kind of moving up the ladder at this point really uh, fairly quickly she's also supervising not only women's basketball and softball and soccer and volleyball and so forth she's supervising men's basketball at Oregon men's golf men's tennis uh, so she has all of that and she looks at other things Ultimately, I don't know where she was on the pecking order to get the Oregon athletic director's job, but it wasn't high enough because she didn't get it, and there's been some turnover while she was at Oregon, and that, that, that is not something that she got. She moved into Syracuse at that time, and she takes on a deputy athletics director role, and she's the chief of staff at Syracuse. And on a daily basis, she's dealing with tickets and fundraising, marketing, promotions, the, the way the media is handled. And she's also the, pe the, the person who is the athletic department, at that time Dr. Daryl Gross's main liaison with Jim Beheim, the men's basketball coach. She's also in charge of their lacrosse programs and women's soccer and tennis and volleyball. And... There was trouble at Syracuse, and, and I think she knew that when she went in there because there was an NCAA investigation into Jim Beheim, and he was deemed to not be monitoring uh, a director of basketball ops that they had there who was uh, committing academic violations, and he wasn't addressing academic issues. Uh, they had the Carmelo thing come down. They had a uh, receptionist in January of 2012 that they say violated ethical conduct rules because uh, that particular person um, 
completed some coursework for a basketball player. So, you know, Beheim gets suspended for nine games. There's scholarship sanctions on the program. Daryl Gross ultimately leaves in 2015, and she does as well. And I'm not saying she was implicated in any or all of this. But she's, she had to be the department liaison for basketball and probably like, what is going on over here uh, in her meetings and, and, and get to the bottom of all of this. Uh, she did not get the job to replace Daryl Gross. Uh, we all know who did, Mark Coyle. There was about a 30-day layover of Baumgartner and Coyle. Uh, she was hired at uh, Santa Clara, ironically, uh, by the same people who are doing the athletic director search and uh, head football coaching search Turner at College Sports Associates at Boise State. And uh, she was hired there. Uh, she was found by Turner, sent to Santa Clara. She got she got the job, and that's where she's at. I'd read that she may have signed a new contract through 2024. Uh, I don't know necessarily exactly because it's a private school. You're not going to see that kind of stuff. She's married, uh, has a couple of daughters. I don't know their ages, if they're college age or younger. I would think somewhere in that uh, neighborhood, given the fact she's been in college athletics for 30 years. I'm spending a lot of time on Baumgartner because I, I think she's a key player here. I think she's a serious candidate. Uh, if she wants to do it, if Boise State can put the right terms together and and there isn't somebody else that emerges that other people say wouldn't be better than Baumgartner. That's about all I'll say about it because I haven't talked to her about it. And I've heard her name come up enough where I think it's worthy of our time to at least look into her background a, a little bit more. Another name I came across was Josh Rebholtz. Josh Rebholtz is a senior associate AD, uh, what they call for external relations at UCLA. And he's been there since 2011. He's a 40-year-old dude. Um, he is originally from Scottsdale. He played football at Weber State University, uh, moved on in his career. And there's a connection here that we'll get to. Uh, moved on to working at Portland State where he worked for Tom Berman, who uh, ultimately took off uh, for the University of Wyoming. And uh, Reb Holtz uh, later worked for uh, him at Wyoming and was their uh, senior associate for development and revenue. So this guy's a fundraiser. He's been on search committees that got Chip Kelly through the door. Uh, he right now at UCLA ha has direct oversight of the entire football program, and he also has direct oversight over any booster relationship, how much money they're going to make and where they're going to get it from, and how boosters are handled at UCLA. That's his background. He is a salesman. He's external. Uh, that's why they call him external relations people, because they deal with the outside uh, world, per se. Um, interestingly enough, he had a stint where he worked for Mike Alden at the University of Missouri. And he was there in... Uh, in sales. He was an athletic development staff member. So he was out raising money for the University of Missouri. And so Mike Alden has a connection here. I don't know that there's been formal interviews had for any candidates. And I don't know that uh, Rev Holtz has been passed. The, uh, I do know he has gotten the initial would you be interested stage. And now he, along with others that I've heard uh, from some other SEC schools, are sitting and waiting on am I going to get a formal interview, how much further am I going to go, and that's where this is at. I've also heard uh, of another uh, interim or associate athletic director at a school uh, in the East, 
and it's not a FBS conference school. So I've heard that this um, committee, uh, this search firm, uh, this consultant, and Boise State's president, uh, pretty much in that order, and then I'll get on to Brad LaRondo in this whole situation, uh, have wanted somebody uh, with extensive FBS Power 5 experience. And that would not fit the description, would it, of what Brad LaRondo at Boise State uh, has had. I think everything that we're discussing here uh, has to do with the athletic director's position, uh, their experience in running a Power 5 football program, and their experience really in dealing with football. And then they're going to have to pitch the committee and the president on their experience of how they're going to grow the, the revenue in the athletic department through the football program, and I think that's that's a vision that they're going to have to present to the uh, all the the, the the people at Boise State on, on where this goes. I think Brad has, uh, in knowing him as well as I have, that he's certainly somebody that has presented this vision and this uh, this idea. But it it felt like I'm sure to him and to others the moment Boise State went through the time, trouble, and money in looking at search firms and hiring them and, and putting in an interim, uh, that that was not necessarily the direction they were going to go by hiring uh, him in-house. So I don't think anybody will be surprised if uh, he continues his career at Auburn with uh, Coach Harson as their chief of staff for football there. I think that would be more the expectation. There's been a lot of people that Coach Harson has worked with at Boise State in his long association with the school. I've seen nobody work closer uh, than Brad LaRondo with Brian Harson. In fact, he got along so well in being able to understand Coach Harson, explain him uh, to others on the outside or even on campus, uh, that he became the liaison between the athletic department and the football program. And based on how Coach Harson was operating, you went through Brad LaRondo to get ideas in to Coach Harson or get his feedback or handle things. So I think that kind of relationship just uh, continues to grow. Of course, he gets an increase in pay if he takes an opportunity at Auburn, and there's a lot more to that. The analysis about is it better to go and get somebody with Power 5 experience or is it better to stay with Brad LaRondo has split most of the people that I have worked with and talked to about the situation at Boise State, I think it does have some impact on somebody like Kellen Moore, who we can discuss as a candidate for the Boise State uh, vacancy. If, if I'm Kellen Moore and I'm coming out of the Dallas Cowboys as the offensive coordinator, where I've got all the support in the world, you know, they're, they're, they take away every excuse in the NFL. There's no more I need this or that or the other other than players, right? But you, you've got everything else. You're not out fundraising and worried about academics and recruiting. You're looking at plays, you're breaking down tape, and you're figuring out uh, how to beat the New York Giants coming up this Sunday. And I, as, by the way, as I tape this, this is Tuesday morning at like 9 o'clock Central Time on uh, December 29th. So just to tell you as you timestamp this and look at if you listen to it later this is the information I have today so that, that you know so Kellen needs a support staff and if he doesn't know who the athletic director is going to be and then frankly he's not going to know the athletic director it, 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 no matter who they hire if it's Baumgartner or Rabholtz or somebody else uh, he's not going to know him more than likely and 
he's going to have to get to know that person better. Uh, he's had a long-time relationship with Lerondo, and if Brad's now in Auburn, uh, that's somebody else that could be his chief of staff and his liaison about, hey, you know, this person wants that from me, and what do I know about this person? What do you know about this person? How's the best way to handle that, people? You don't have that person all of a sudden. It, it changes things a little bit for you. To me, if you're Kellen Moore looking at the outside in from where Boise State's at, plus the conference of Palooza, the budget situation, rebuilding from COVID, uh, there's those kinds of, of question marks as well. And ultimately, how the administration at Boise State's going to rebuild the football program uh, from where they were with no fans in 20 to wherever they want to be in 21 and beyond. So uh, th- those are factors. And then the other piece that none of us are going to, uh, be able to speak for Kellen about, but we're going to find out pretty soon, is you know what he thinks about his own career and family, uh, and not in that order, knowing him, on you know being a head football coach at Boise State versus an offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, and then a head football coach in the NFL probably within two years. <laughs> I would think that's a realistic possibility that Kellen Moore could – have that kind of an opportunity coming up in his future and the skill set uh, to be an NFL head coach versus the skill set of dealing with uh, the college model and um, where the college model is going. You, you've got prominent coaches, Mullen in Florida, saying today he said the college coaching situation's changing dramatically. It'll be much different over the next couple of years. And if you're a guy in the NFL and you're looking at all that, plus the turmoil Boise State's gone through, I I just don't see great timing for him. If he does say, I don't care about that, this is what I want to do and move on, Boise State's getting a hungry, down-to-business Kellen Moore who really wants to take Boise State and put them – you know, a little further along than he found it when Coach Harson passed it over to him. And I want to talk a lot more about that at an appropriate time, but uh, that would be a tremendous benefit to Boise State. So that's my view on Kellen and where he's at. And, you know, whether he's formally interviewed or not, I doubt it. You know, how much of a formal interview he's going to need? Uh, probably a fairly significant one. You're going to have to have his staffing plan and his blueprint for what he'll do. And you'd have to wonder to yourself, when would he have time to have done that? I wondered about that when I was uh, listening to Coach Harson and the folks from Auburn talk about him, and then he had a detailed plan. I meant, man, when did he ever do that? But that's another story for a different day. Uh, of course, the other person to mention in any and all of this is Andy Avalos. Uh, you're listening to the Kingdom of Pod on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Jeff Caves here with you from Flower Mound, Texas. I know in Boise, if you're listening to this, and frankly, I look at the stats. There's people all over the country that like to keep up on Boise State Athletics. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Kingdom of Pod. And uh, I've got some exciting things coming up in 2021 that I think are going to be great for those of you that really like a a balanced sort of insider's perspective, uh, not hype or hyperbole or many other ways we can look at things for entertainment purposes or to draw interest into my podcast. I try to be straight ahead and tell you what I think or know, and uh, that's the way um, I see it. So if you enjoy it, please subscribe to it. Uh, you can get over to the kingdom of pod, uh, dot mail chimps site, uh, 
com, and you can subscribe there, and I'll send it to you via email. Andy Avalos is on this list as well. Andy, I think, was pegged to be the successor to Brian Harson uh, when Harson, I thought, was close to taking the Oregon State job before Jonathan Smith got it. I think Boise State and Dr. Custer and Kurt Apsey had to have plan B, and I think that plan B was uh, Andy Avalos. And uh, that was, I think, communicated, and I think they were prepared because they didn't know what was going to happen. And uh, ultimately it didn't, but I think Andy got a surge of confidence that that could happen. And then he had an opportunity to move to Oregon as the D.C. and take his pay and triple it. And it was the Pac-12, and it was a program extremely familiar to him. And uh, I think he felt like, man, I've, I've done a lot at Boise State. I can always perhaps come back here as a head coach if I get the opportunity. Or uh, maybe if things don't work out at Oregon, I can move on and see where Coach Harson ever goes to. I thought that may be an opportunity at some point. Harson would talk to Avalos about $1.5 million or so being the Auburn defensive coordinator. So that, that's still all to play out. But I do think he is on this list because of that as somebody that's already been vetted, uh, would have the players extremely excited. I think uh, folks who are close to the program like to see guys who are uh, comfortable to them and familiar to them uh, for the reasons I stated earlier. Uh, I do think that Andy uh, has a certain Coach Pete quality to him. Uh, he's got a, a Coach Hawk in him in terms of how he looks at a bigger picture, and that's not as familiar, I think, to a lot of people because his um, – Media opportunities have, have been fewer and far in between. And what he did at Boise State, you're going to get to know him. Players absolutely love the guy. So uh, I think that's really important, and most administrators know about all that. Uh, yes, we've all heard and read about Jeff Choate, the Montana State coach, and been impressed by some of his former players uh, speaking up for him. I do think that he becomes a factor here because he can bring a staff and put things together quite quickly quickly, and has the experience, and I'm sure it's a job that Coach Choate uh, would be very interested in. And uh, the question will be if uh, Dr. Trump and the committee uh, find that he fits uh, what they're looking for, and they've not shared those specific things, but Turner and the College Sports Associates, th those guys, collegiate sports, they know exactly what they've been told to go find. And I would think Power 5 experience or NFL experience in Kellen's case is probably on that list. Uh, there is a mention here of Jim Mora, an outsider to this process, uh, who could be in the mix. Why? Well, he's called some Boise State games. He's got head coaching experience, as we all know, at UCLA most recently, and he's a young enough guy. Uh, he's upbeat. He's extremely knowledgeable. He's got network television exposure, and he lives in Sun Valley. So he's been following Boise State football, and I think he's uh, very familiar with it, and I bet uh, he probably has reached out and said, hey, I'd be interested in talking more about this just to let you know, you know, here's where I am and here's what I've been doing. I do think, as I mentioned earlier, the timelines – uh, could be, hey, it's New Year's Eve Thursday, it's New Year's Day Friday, and uh, I, I think it's all possible that you can get an athletic director in the boat by, by, some, by some time in there. Um, you've got a couple of deadlines coming up this weekend. The Cowboys season could come to an end, and Kellen's going to have to deal with his Dallas contract, which has expired. Uh, the Oregon Ducks season will be done by Sunday. They'll, they'll be done with the Fiesta Bowl Saturday, so Andy Avalos would be done uh, by Sunday. So I would think uh, the, the next week, next week, 
would be for head coaching interviews, and I think it's possible you can get an athletic director hired uh, by the 4th of uh, January, and then that person could be in phone consultation and listening in on any formal interviews uh, with the head coaches, which uh, would definitely take place, I think, relatively quickly next week uh, for that. So that that's my best guess at where things are at today. I know that was a lot of information. Um, to throw at you, but I do appreciate you listening. I will try to keep you up to date with things as I learn them, vet them, think about them, and have a a conclusion of where things are going. Uh, Because as things change, I think sometimes you have to take it in context to where the information is coming from, what it relates to, what it means, and, and what is the next step based on the information that we get. And sometimes that's a little more difficult than not. I appreciate you joining me. On the Kingdom of Pod, please subscribe, rate, review. You can check it out at anywhere you can get a podcast. I put it out each week or even more when there's news. And uh, we'll keep you, you know, all up to date here on The Athletic Director and The Coach. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.